0: You're listening to The Messaging Edit, a podcast for impact led entrepreneurs all about finding your message to scale a brand rooted in authenticity and integrity. I'm your host, Cindy, a brand messaging strategist and copywriter who believes that your biggest asset as a business owner is you and your message. With each episode, I'm bringing you actionable tips to tap into your story and unique perspectives so that you can start building a deeper connection with your kind of people and stand out as the number one option for them while making money doing what you love. So if you're ready to cut through the noise and speak directly to the hearts and minds of your dream clients, stay tuned to learn how to communicate and position your brand message as the one to listen to. Hello, hello, welcome to episode
1: 7 of the messaging edit. Um, Normally, I would say I'm excited to jump into this episode, but I'm not going to lie, today I'm feeling slightly frustrated, not just because I recorded this episode and turns out it wasn't recorded to begin with, classic, but also because I was made aware of some strategies or some marketing strategies that just that just like baffled me that completely baffled me and hence this episode right (laughs) like i am on a mission to shed light on strategies that just that's just weird to me you know maybe it might work for you maybe maybe it won't it's but to me it's, it's definitely a weird one but let me set some context behind it. Yesterday I got off a discovery call with a beautiful coach and during that call she was she was basically telling me that she loves the way I market my brand and the way I share my message and she was sharing some strategies that she learned from her previous coach that just felt completely misaligned and when I asked her about it and I the, the The strategy she gave me the it's just weird <laughs> it's just kind of weird to me. It just baffled me a little bit and and I know that like there's a whole rampage of information out there in this in this industry there's a lot of information out there, and I know that some of us are more lucky in the sense that we are exposed to certain information that serves us, and some of us are just not exposed to information that serves us. And so I guess that is my mission, right? To so share the different ways where you can market and share your message and the ways that, um, that that's probably a bit not that great, I guess. The ways that are just maybe a bit misaligned and in, in hopes that one of my strategies might help you guys hopefully change the way you market your brand and hopefully it's a strategy that feels more aligned for you. Um, but I'm going to jump into it. I'm going to just dive straight into it. First things first. Well, there was there were three strategies that she told me that I found quite odd. But the first strategy was the fact that um. her coach told her to reply to every comment with a question so that the other person will have no choice but to come back and answer your question. I was so confused by that, you guys. I was so confused by that because I have never heard of a deep relationship being formed in the comments. In the DMs, sure, but because of how, I guess, public or how exposed the comment section is, I could never imagine building a uh, a strong relationship within <laughs> the comment section you know what i mean like imagine just like a 20 message thread on your comments being like answering questions and replying to questions and replying with more questions and the, the cycle continues like sure i get it like it might be good for our engagement but you know what's another really good thing for engagement really valuable post, you know, (laughs) and I'm sorry, like, just today, I heard a podcast said that she's got 20,000 followers, but only, like, 100 views on her stories, and I thought that was really interesting, because I have less than 1,000 followers on my, on my Instagram, as of right now, as of the time of recording, but I consistently get about, like, 60 to 70 views on my story, So numbers, vanity, matrix, all these shit, they're really not, they don't really matter as much as people think, I guess. I guess the thing is, like, we have zero control over the algorithm, right? We don't know how the algorithm works. What we can do, though, is to create really valuable posts that gets people excited to come back. That's just my two cents. But back to this comment section situation... I can tell you that, like, I have invested a lot in my business and in myself personally, my own personal development, and I have had, I can't think of a single time where I have bought from someone because they keep asking me questions in the comment section. I have not think of a single time where that had happened, right? Like, I have maybe bought from, okay, I bought from one person who, who, sort of nurtured me in a DM, but that's just it, like, majority of the people I buy from, they don't even know I existed until I step into their container, or some of them, even, like, up till now, they probably don't even know I exist, and that's completely fine, because I'm not buying their recognition, I'm buying the transformation they can provide me, right, through whatever container or vehicle they they have to offer, I'll take it. So that's what baffles me, because it just makes no sense to be sitting there and scheming and thinking like oh my goodness how can i get people to come back into my into my um into my profile right because here's the thing if you don't provide valuable content they're not going to come back and view your story or view your co- or your post or your reels or your carousel they're just going to come back reply to that comment if they're polite and move on or they might not even reply to your comments. You know what I mean? And the funniest thing is, majority of the high-ticket clients out there, they're not even going to comment on your post to begin with, right? The ones who actually do comment on your post are people looking for engagement. So <laughs> so take that information and make what you will of it, right? Because I can tell you, my clients, they don't like my f- They don't like my post, they don't comment on my posts. They're just like chilling in the DMs with me. (laughs) That's it. Or some of them don't even. They just go straight into booking a call, which is fine too. So that was the first strategy that I thought was really interesting. The second strategy was um what was it? Okay, yes, this was a really interesting one as well. So she said that her coach told her to prepare a set of Questions during a sales call, or whatever, that will garner an easy yes from the the other party. So what? I mean, I get the psychology behind it, right? So the psychology, psychological explanation behind it is that uh, if someone say yes to something, they're more likely to say, yeah, they're more likely to say yes to another thing. This is the principle of commitment and consistency, if you want to go away and Google it. But essentially, commitment consistency is a psychological principle that states that once someone is committed to a decision, or once someone is committed to an identity, they are more likely going to follow through on that commitment. Hence the consistency part. They're more likely to be consistently committed to uh, whatever it is that they have committed in the first place. So when this coach said that, um, try to get as many yes answers, (laughs) that effectively means that, well, that implies that the more they say yes to begin with, they're more likely to say yes in the end when they pitch your offer. Sorry, when you pitch your offer. That to me is another really bizarre uh strategy because although I get the psychology behind it, there's something kinda icky about it. There's something kinda coercive behind it. Like I do not want to be sitting here and, and, and thinking that okay I'm gonna hop on a client with I'm gonna hop on a call with a potential client. What are the questions I can think about to get them to say yes to me? Hmm. Like, that is weird. <laughs> I'm sorry, but that is weird. What I what you could do, though, and I'm going to talk about this towards the end, is actually a couple questions that could show them what you have to offer. And I'm going to go into this a little bit later because I do want to jump into the third strategy before I round it up and talk about ways that we can be better. Um, but a third... The third strategy, I think this is a really bizarre one. And even up till now, I'm not sure if I understood it correctly. But the third one is that she said to post carousels multiple times so that there's a higher chance that the algorithm will push it uh, to 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 your dream clients. So what it means essentially, well, at least what I understood is that if you created a carousel with five slides, You should post it five times, but each time showing a different slide at the front. You know what I mean? And um, that is so bizarre to me, because first of all, we have no idea how the algorithm work. We know that the algorithm is here to push content that gets the most interest, right? Because the algorithm's ultimate goal is to get people to stay on the app as much as possible. So they want to push the most entertaining, engaging, valuable posts out. So that is like the broad and vague understanding we have of what an algorithm does. But what we do know, though, what what we can control is putting out really valuable content, right? That people, that your target audience will want to consume and here lies the weird part to me in regard in regards to this um to this particular strategy. If someone finds your carousel helpful, if someone finds came across that carousel that you posted five times or nine times and found it helpful, they're gonna go into your profile and they're gonna binge, right? They're gonna wanna learn more. How do you think they would feel? If they go into your profile and see another five of the same post. How would they feel when they go in and like the next five posts is the exact same? They're going to bounce. They're going to leave. They're going to be like, I've seen this, been there, done that. They're going to leave. So that just makes no sense to me. What makes sense to me though is consistently creating valuable high value carousels or whatever format you prefer and have your target audience come in and binge through like actual very helpful very valuable content that 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 makes more sense to me that makes more sense to me and here's the thing right i'm gonna i'm gonna talk about what i've learned in the In the um, nearly two years I've been in business so far and also having helped people scale to like 6K months, 40K months, here is what I've learned. And funny enough, actually, right before I sit down to record this podcast episode, my mentor, Amanda Joyce Weber, she's amazing. She's like the best person on earth. She has this thing where like for 30 days, she sends you one small sweet message from future you, from like the future version of you. And today she sent me me an email saying, dear Cindy, it is not your job to convince people to buy from you. It is your job to help them understand how you can help so they can decide for themselves. Boom, mic drop. That is the gist of everything I've learned so far in these two years, right, what I have learned, and this is a lesson that I had to really ingrained and integrate lately in my life, is that your offer is a sacred space. Your offer is a sacred space. No one is doing you a favor by paying you. I think this is what I think Colin Boyd said, said this, but he said that a lot of us, a lot of us business owners think that people are um, doing us a favor by by paying us. And that is just so far from the truth. Right. That is so far from the truth. People are not doing you a favor by paying you. You are doing each other a favor by you holding that space for them to transform into the next level version of them whatever your transformation whatever transformation you offer you are holding space for that transformation you are helping them move and grow faster and they are doing you a favor by compensating you fairly and abundantly for that transformation right so your offer is a sacred space that should be protected and the way you want to protect it is by only signing high-ticket empowered clients, right? And going back to my definition of a high-ticket, high-ticket, the way I see it, high-ticket client is not just someone who can pay whatever price you command, whether it be one thousand five hundred, sorry, $1,000, $10,000, $100,000, whatever price you command. High-ticket client is not just someone who it can afford that, but also someone who is willing to show up and do the work to create transformation with you, right, to take ownership and to take responsibility of what they need to do in order to create that transformation with you. That is the mindset of a high ticket client, right? So when it comes to protecting your space and protecting your energy, you want to only accept high-ticket, empowered clients into your container, right? That is what you want to do. And if you're sitting down and scheming and thinking, how can I manipulate someone into saying yes to me? How can I get an yes out of all cost from someone? That is an intention that is going to attract very disempowered clients. And you know why? Because you are disempowered yourself, You are disempowered yourself and that is why you are attracting disempowered clients, right? You are not trusting that your offer is good enough for people to say yes on their own accord, on their own pure will. You are not trusting that there's going to be someone even better down the line who's a better fit if this one doesn't pan out. You are not trusting that you are good enough just by yourself you feel if you feel the need to convince to coerce to get a yes out of someone at all costs that is a very disempowered state to come into to come in from right like that is not a space that you want to hold if you are serious about signing empowered clients and the reason why you do not want these disempowered clients in your container, is because one, they are not gonna do the work. They're gonna expect you to, to shoulder the burden, to do the heavy lifting. They're going to expect you to just listen to their complaints. They don't. They're not here to create change. They're just here to complain and to whine and to, to be stuck in victim mindset. And you know what's gonna happen? They're gonna go away. And tell everyone that your container and your offer is horrible because they're, they didn't get any results. But the reason why they're not getting any results is because they don't want to put in the work in the first place. So do you see the vicious cycle that comes with a disempowered client? Like how vicious of a cycle is this? Right? This is a disempowered state of mind that we don't want to taint our container with but instead we want to make sure we get empowered clients into our world and in order to do that you have to start creating messaging and content that speaks to those empowered clients and these these relationships that's being built exist beyond the comment section. I still find that so funny. But these, like your goal, the goal of your messaging, the goal of your content is to build a relationship with someone that you don't know, right? Like I can tell you right now, there's a very high chance your soulmate client is looking at your content right now. She's looking at the messaging you're putting out right now and you have no clue. So your messaging and content has to be strong enough to stand on their own, has to be strong enough to build a relationship without you being there. Because in a world where we know that we're going to be sold to, chances are your clients are not going to reach out to you until they're like pretty sure that they're going to work with you, right? They're going to be like probably 70, 80, 90% sure they're going to work with you and that is what we want. But until then... Your content and your marketing should be strong enough to stand on their own without you being there. So let's talk about what we can do then in order to um, to create content and to create messaging that empowers our, our client, that speaks to their higher self, that empowers them to make the decision. What information do we need to put out in order to get them to make a decision, because that is, the, that is the mark of a good marketing. Good marketing helps your audience make a decision. Whether that's a yes, that's a no, that's that's up to them, right? But your what you can do is to give them all the information they need in order to make the best decision. To give them all the information they need in order to make the right decision. And to do that, we need to put out content that, number one, opens them up to, hear, to, to hearing what you have to say. You know, open, opens them up to hearing what you have to offer them. That's the first step. If they're not going to listen to you, then there's no, there's no point moving forward. There's no, there's no point moving forward. And the second thing, once they are open to listening to what you have to say, the second thing is you want to build trust. Your audience needs to trust that you have what it takes to lead them. You have what it takes to guide them. That is the second that's the second stage. The first one is to open them up. The second them is to build trust. And then the third thing that your content needs to do is to help them make a commitment. Whether that is to whether that is a commitment to help themselves, to change their mindset, to work with you, to invest in themselves make a commitment to change something, that is the third stage, that is the third step to, um, that's the third element of a good content. Open them up, build trust in them, and get them to commit to something. And in my Align Messaging Accelerator containers, I teach my clients, like I break it down step by step. Step one, do this. Step two, do that. I show them how to create content that ticks all three boxes, right? Like, I literally break it down step by step. And I am next to them, helping them tailor all of the steps to their brand. So, like, we're not doing, this is not a cookie cutter program. There's a reason why I'm working with you one-on-one. There's a reason why I choose to work with my clients one-on-one. It's because I don't want to give out another cookie cutter strategy. I want to be in it with my clients and helping them, like, literally help them tailor everything to their brand so that they can get the best results that is why i love doing one to one stuff um so one of the things that i really want to talk about is again back to that principle of, of getting people to say yes to you there's another thing that i do there's one thing that i do that i learned from one of the best mentors out there um like sorry a few of the best marketers and few of the best teachers out there, one thing that I picked up is that you don't want to get them, you don't really want to coerce them into saying yes to you, but what you want to do though is to show them what they're missing out on by not saying yes to you. Do you see the difference there? The first thing is I need to get them to say yes. The second, the second method is I'm giving you all the information to show you where do you stand in the big picture. And it's up to you to decide whether you want to move forward and close the gap that you have. That is the difference. And in my aligned Messaging side of the method, I literally th- teach my students like three questions to ask in order to help them with the second uh, with the second strategy to help them show their audience, whether it is through content or discovery calls or podcasts or whatever platform you decided to go on. This, these three questions are so powerful. Like I've used it myself. I've used it literally myself to close, to close clients. I've used it on my clients to, um, to help them with their copy and their content, their messaging. These three questions are so powerful and it's, previously only available for my AMA private clients, but I'm, I'm going to share it with you now because you know what? You deserve to know. <laughs> I am going to share it with you right now. The first question you want to do is to help them identify where they are on a scale. You want to show them where do they stand on the big picture, right? If point A is where they don't want to be and point B is where they want to be. Where do they stand in between them? That is how you get them to to see where they are at on the scale, right? You want to show them that like you're maybe not at your your desired goal yet, but where where are you? How far? How close are you? By asking this question, you are not only helping them see. That they have a gap that needs to be filled. They have a problem. Well, at least they, they're they not at their goals yet. And therefore, they still ha- there's still some work that needs to be done. But you're also, this is also information for you, right? Depending on what your answer is, you're going to see how far are they from their desires and what you can do to help them get there. Right? And if they're really close to the desires, if you don't think you can help them, then you can end it right here. Right? That is that is an empowered way of doing it. That's an empowering way of doing it. The second question you can ask following up on the first question, the second ask, the second question you want to ask is how like what is your alternative plan? What is gonna happen if you continue down your current path? whatever strategy or not or zero action plan they have you know what is their current strategy and like what are they gonna what results do they think they can get if they just do the same thing again this question is going to show them what they are losing out on by not working with you and it's also going to show them what they can get by working with you very powerful question it shows them what they're missing and what is potentially at stake what they can get what they're leaving out on the table this is a very powerful question and again it shows you what the what, like what's the alternative plan right like for me personally if if someone tells me that Oh, they're going to try some other things. And if I think that thing is going to help them more than I can, then I'm going to stop here. I'm not going to sell. But if I think, if I believe that I can help them close the gap, then I am going to pitch, right? Then I am going to tell them that I can help them. And then the third thing, the third question you can ask is, are you committed? Are you committed to making a change? Are you committed to this investment? Because, uh, again, it goes back to us wanting someone who is committed to doing a work, right? Like it's two-way street. Every, every transformation is a two-way street. Even if it's a done-for-you situation, right? If you create a website, they need to show up and tell you <laughs> whether they like the colors or not, whether the strategy is in line. If you are a copywriter they need to show up and implement that copywriter, right? If you even if you like for example, if you write the best website copy for them, but they are not doing anything to funnel traffic into your website, then that that website is wasted. Right? So this third question shows you how committed they are. And going back to the principle of commitment and consistency, once they commit to Change Once once they're committed to this investment, they're more likely to pull through with it. They're more likely to stay consistent with it. But do you see the difference between asking questions that are an easy yes versus asking these three questions that I just laid out for you? The difference between them is that an easy yes question are typically very shallow. They're not deep enough to garner a commitment. Whereas the three questions that I laid out... These are questions that could easily get a no from people. But if they do say yes, it's a much more powerful yes. And if they do say no, then it's just because they're not a good fit. And we can keep it moving and we can find someone else who will be a good fit. Because there will be someone out there who's a good fit. Right? Because you want someone who is committed. Like I said, your container is a sacred space. You want someone who is committed to doing the work. So on that note, that is all I have to say for today. I am so happy you're here with me to the end. And like I said, if you want to sign high ticket committed clients, if you're ready to sign like empowered clients, my aligned Messaging Accelerator method is the one for you. Drop me a DM on Instagram at d. send me an email, or go to the show notes, check out my offer, because I literally am so proud of all the transformations that my clients have gone through with this AMA method. And I just know that there are so many out of you out there who are using and sticking to strategies that just feel so icky and sleazy and unaligned right now. And I know that I have what it takes to help you get out of that. I have the, I've I've learned from the best of the best. I've invested in the best of the best. And from all the knowledge out there, I have streamlined and garnered, I've streamlined a system and a framework that helps you Sign high ticket clients with integrity. So, if that sounds good to you, go to the show notes or drop me a DM, and I'll speak to you guys soon.
0: Thank you for tuning into the messaging edit. I'm your host, Cindy, a brand messaging strategist and copywriter, here to help you build your brand message so you can start attracting your dream clients and build your dream community with ease. If you like this episode, please subscribe, share, and leave a review. And don't forget to say hi on Instagram at ByCindy. I would love to hear from you. For more support, you can head to my website bycindy.com where you will find free resources and training to fine-tune your message and marketing and find details on ways to work with me. I'll speak to you soon.